But the title of my message today is this, I'm your brother, not your father. I'm your brother, not your father. What are you talking about, Brother Tommy? Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 23 and read verses 1-12. through And it says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to His disciples, saying, The scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do ye after or do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called Rabbi. For one is your Master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your Father upon the earth. For one is your Father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called Masters. For one is your Master, even Christ." But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Great passage of scripture here, and I'm telling you, there is all he's talking to religious leaders here, folks. And there is so much stuff that is being broken by religious leaders across the board, across the religions. Things that are just flat out stated in here that Jesus Christ himself said, Don't do these things, and yet they're done all the time. And it's usually by those that are behind the pulpits, usually those in leadership. But I want us to look at a few things first before we go deep into this. But first of all, something I I think we all need to understand, we all need to realize, is that we should listen to all biblical preaching no matter who it comes from. Notice how Jesus told them in the beginning of this passage, He said, "...all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not after their works." Notice how these Pharisees, these religious leaders that had a lot of huge problems, Jesus told the people, He said, "...hey, do what they're telling you to do because if it's, as long as it's coming from the Word of God, then you're supposed to do it." I mean, the Word of God's true no matter who is up here saying it. If I'm up here and I read John 3.16 to you, it's true. If Charles Manson is up here and he reads John 3.16 to you, it's true, isn't it? Okay. Now, obviously, we're not going to do after his works. But if, it's, if he's preaching the Bible, well, we, listen to, we should listen to the Bible no matter who it's coming from. And we need to understand that because you know what? There's going to, there, there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to preach the Word of God and you're going to find out that they're not all you thought they were. They've got some problems. They've got issues. They've got sin problems too. And a lot of times we can get, we can get really disappointed. You know, man, I'm telling you right now, people aren't that great. Alright? They're not. You know, I've been thinking, you know, a lot of times preachers, they'll talk about how they're investing in people. Okay? Well, here's the thing. People are a poor investment. Okay, financially speaking, okay, because most of the time people don't do right, do they? Most of the time they mess up. Most of the time people will fail you. Now, not all the time. Sometimes people do good. Sometimes, you know, they, they come through. But, you know, I think it's better to have an attitude. I just want to give because, and just, if God, if I get blessed, great. But, you know, how many of you have ever maybe 
loan somebody some money before and you never saw it again. Well, you were really upset, weren't you? You got really mad at that person. Maybe you lost a friend over $50 or something because they owed you that money. But if you had just given it to them, well, then you don't have anything to be worried about. You'd expect the blessings of God. And people, I'm telling you, they're not that great. But you know what? Here's the thing. Churches are 100% people, aren't they? Everybody, you all are people, and even the pastors, they're people. And what we got to understand is what's important, it's not so much the people as it is the Scriptures. And no matter who it's coming from, even if we get one of these little boys up here, if they come up and they preach a message, if it's from the Scripture, we ought to listen, shouldn't we? If they're up here and they're preaching something that's from the Bible, we should listen to what they say because it's not really what they say, it's what the Scripture says. And the truth is, it's the responsibility of the individual to follow the Word of God. You're going to have people that are going to get up that are preachers that are going to say, hey, you need to do this, and it doesn't come from the Bible. It's not what the Scripture says. And you better do your homework. You better get in the Scripture yourself and make sure that what you're being told is the truth. And as far as following people, that's fine. You can follow people as long as they're following the Word of God. Go ahead and follow people as long as they're following the Word of God. First Peter chapter 5, verse 1 says, "...the elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also partaker of the glory that shall be revealed, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but ever ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear..." Ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. We're supposed to, uh, the pastors, we're supposed to set an example. It says not, we're not lords over God's heritage, but we're an example or an example of where the Bible used to the flock. So, you'll, you'll be okay, folks. If you follow me, you will be okay in everything you do as long as I'm following Christ. As long as I'm following the Word of God, you will do fine following me, but really, it's the Word. But if I veer off, you don't want to follow me anymore. You're supposed to follow the Word of God. And and if I can help by setting an example, if I can help by teaching you some things, I'm going to do it. And that's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. And go ahead and follow me as long as I'm following God. But you know what? What if I drop out of church? You know, what if I give up? What if I go into sin? Are you are you going to do it too? I hope not. Hopefully you're going to follow the Word of God. And you can follow any man as long as they're following the Word of God, then you'll be okay. But, what I want us to notice here back in Matthew chapter 23, because unfortunately, many times ministers, preachers, pastors, they tend to lift themselves up too much. And you know, sometimes it's not always their fault. Sometimes the people do it to them. The people uh, will give them undeserved praise and it gets them in trouble all the time. But I want us to look at something here. And I'm not nitpicking. The Bible says, this is, we're just looking at what the Bible says. And I'm going to show you because this isn't happening, unfortunately, in a lot of religions, including our own sometimes. But in verse 5, it says, But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Now, I'm not trying to pick on other religions today. I'm just preaching Bible, but... Have you ever seen some of these churches and religions where the preacher he wears clothes that nobody else wears? Maybe he wears the big fancy robes. Hey, I went into a place one time. I thought it was like a Christian 
It's like a Christian supply store, but it's a, it was specifically a Catholic one. And I was looking at their robes and things they wear there. You know how much those things cost? Good night. I couldn't believe it. Just the, one of these robes is like $600. And then a lot of the extra sashes and things they wear were like 100 bucks, $200. I mean, all that stuff they're wearing is a lot of money. Now, why do they need to do that? Doesn't the Bible, isn't he talking about the Pharisees, how they would wear those fancy things? They would make broad their phylacteries. They'd enlarge the borders of their garments. But didn't Jesus say not to do that? They do that to be seen of men? Well, that looks pretty fancy. You know, if you're a minister and you're out in town, if you wear your collar backwards, everybody knows you're a minister, don't they? I mean, it's a good way to, you know, just to stick out. But why are we wearing our collar backwards? God didn't command it. I think it's, I can only assume it's to be seen of men. And we're not supposed to do those things. We're supposed to dress. I'm not going to say like everybody else because look at the way you know, the world dresses today. But at the same time, like the other brothers and sisters in Christ do, we're, you know, we're supposed to set an example. And, I, and so, you know, the way I dress out in public, I think it's the way everybody should dress out in public. And I'm not going to go and I'm not going to get this fancy uniform that cost over $1,000 so I can be seen of men and get extra respect. I've been there places. I've been places before when some of these reverends and some of these fathers would come walking in. And boy, people, they just make a big deal out of them. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I need to start wearing one of these outfits. I remember at McDonald's, I don't know if they still do this, but at McDonald's in Peru, they used to give ministers free meals. But, and I remember my dad knew they did, but he didn't want to go in there all the time. You know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm a minister, and some of them do in there, and so they would they would give them a free meal. But you know, the you'd see the priests and the Methodists and things come in sometime, you know, wearing their uniforms, and and those guys, you know, they came automatically. You know, they knew, hey, free food, and hey, I'm I'm not against the company doing that, but that I guess I don't know, maybe that kind of thing helps. So I don't know, maybe Baptist we should. Or I don't know if any places around here do that though. So uh, I'm probably wasting my time getting the uniform. But I could use that to justify spending all that money on an outfit like that because it's going to save me money in the long run with all the free food I'm going to be getting. But Jesus said not to do that. But yet it happens all the time, doesn't it? I mean, that is very common amongst many religions. They wear the fancy uniforms. And notice, you know, it says they love the uppermost rooms at the feasts and chief seats. In the synagogues. Have you ever seen some of those churches too? Man, they practically have thrones that the preacher sits on. Thrones. <laughs> I mean, they got them high and lifted up, you know, for all to see that, that special place of prominence and importance. Sounds kind of like the Pharisees. Now, listen, people naturally want, alright, let's just admit it, you know, we all naturally, I'm being honest with you today, we all want that special honors and recognitions, don't we? I mean, it makes you feel good, doesn't it? And you know what? Sometimes preachers, we don't get a whole lot of it. So you know what? We've got to give it to ourselves. You know, maybe I ought to give me a fancy throne up here. I, you know, I just got a normal chair, but I don't, I don't want to do like the Pharisees. Jesus said, He, he called them out for it. They like those uppermost you know, rooms and feasts and chief seats in the synagogues. That's not what it's supposed to be all about. So you're nitpicking. I don't I, this, this looks a lot like what Jesus was talking about and saying was wrong. And greetings in the markets. And to be called of men, Rabbi, 
Rabbi. Oh, they they love those titles. Now, of course, we're not Jewish. You know, most of our country uh, is not Jewish. We don't call people Rabbi, but yet a lot of people they like that term Reverend. Now, that's not a biblical term, by the way. And you know what? I don't think it's one that we ought to use. I don't put Reverend Tom McMurtry on anything. Who? I'm not to be reverenced. You're not, you know, Jesus Christ is the only one that we should be reverent. You know, should be reverent. Why would I call myself Reverend? I like the fancy title, Reverend. Free food at McDonald's. One of the golf courses, you know, some golf courses free. Uh, they let clergy golf for free. And I'm not against them doing that. And I'm, hey, if they offer me a free meal because I'm a preacher, I'll take it. Okay, but you know, I'm not going to go around, you know, with reverend, so people I can, you know, get all these free things and special honors. But they do. They love being called rabbi, rabbi. And we don't do we don't do or you know, nowadays we do reverend, but. You know, there's not just uh, well, what, you know, really, what did the apostles call themselves? Because these guys, they were the apostles. I mean, if anybody's really the head honchos, if anybody's really the big kahunas, I mean, it was the apostles, right? But let's look at kind of what they called themselves. Acts chapter 22 and verse 12. Acts chapter 22 and verse 12. I can find the passage here, but this, boy, a lot of times we really do we get caught up in the stuff of the world if we're not careful, and this stuff just it slowly happens and we get carried away. But um, Acts chapter twenty-two, verse twelve, it says, uh, "And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul." Receive thy sight. In the same hour I looked upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee that thou shouldst know his will and see the just one. Talking about Jesus Christ. Notice the capitalization there. And shouldst hear the voice of his mouth. Ananias understood exactly. This is Saul of Tarsus who became Paul, the Apostle Paul. He knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly what God had chosen him for. And he didn't get there and he didn't make a big deal. Apostle Paul, you know, Reverend Paul. What did he call him? Brother Saul. Brother Saul. That's what he called him. Well, how disrespectful. He was going to be an apostle. No, how appropriate. He was his brother in Christ. The man had just gotten saved. It was his brother. We don't have to take time to turn there, but if you go to John, or not John, Revelation chapter 1, the apostle John, the beloved apostle, the apostle whom Jesus loved, you know what he called himself? I, John, who am your brother and companion in tribulation. He referred to himself as brother. Uh, also, uh, I've got verses all over the place here. See if I can find them. But, um, let's see. The, uh, well, we're, we're going to get to some of those in a little bit. But there are many examples in the Bible where they refer to each other as brother. It was something because that's what they were. We get saved. We are brothers in Christ. And yet, in some religions, what do they call the preacher? They call him Father. And didn't Jesus say, call no man father? And he's specifically referring to religious leaders here. It's not talking about, you know, you can't call your earthly father dad or father anything like that, but talking about calling other men, giving them that place of honor. Because what does calling somebody, what's the difference between calling somebody father and calling somebody brother? See, if you call somebody your father, 
on earth in the home is the authority over the children, correct? Alright? But what about brother? Alright? Well, brother's an equal, isn't it? And where's the special recognition there? You know, where's the extra bonus there? And God said not to call people father. He said, call no man father. We're brothers. And as a pastor, I'm not your father. I'm not your spiritual father. I am your brother. And it's totally appropriate to call me Brother Tommy. Because that's what I am. And that's what I refer to you, you know, brothers and sisters, because that's what we are. But um, also, we're not supposed to call people father in this passage. It says don't call people master or rabbi. Okay, And notice the master and the rabbi kind of mean the same thing because he said, call no man rabbi for one is your master. Okay, And rabbi, what does rabbi mean? It just means teacher. Right? Okay. It means teacher. Well, did you, you might think you're nitpicking here. Alright? But, somebody tell me the definition of doctor. If you look in the Webster's 1828, the first of the definitions is teacher. Okay. Now, if somebody now now if somebody's an actual doctor, I'm not saying they can't call them that. Okay. But I'm talking about religiously speaking here. I'm talking about amongst the church. Okay, brother Eric, he's official doctor now. Hey, he's licensed, folks, and he's all official now. Thank the Lord for that. That's a different thing. We're talking about in the church. Okay, we're talking about religiously speaking. He said not to call people rabbi. And doctor means the same thing. It comes from the Latin word that means teacher. So, but yet, preachers these days, they love that term. They love that term. I've got some newspapers in my office that have all kinds of pictures and things of preacher and it's all doctor, doctor, doctor. I mean, they all, they all love the doctor thing. And we've had some doctors that have come and that have preached here. And you know what? I never, I, I don't call them doctor. I've never put them in our bulletin as doctor because you all aren't impressed by fancy titles. I've, I've, I've always put who they are. If they're pastor, I'll put pastor. If they're evangelist, I'll put evangelist because we're not supposed to call people rabbi, master, and doctor. It means the same thing. And Jesus said not to use those fancy titles. But you know what? I'm telling you, people love to exalt themselves with fancy titles. And he said it's nitpicking, but Jesus said not. He said not to do it there. And yet it's going on all the time. And not only that, there's many pastors out there that have started different ministries and things, and they've given themselves some extra titles along with that. And you know what title they usually like? For example, if I was going to start a ministry, you know what? Uh, just pastor, that's not enough. Uh, just brother, that's not enough. I need to build myself up a little bit. Uh, I need an extra title that I can put on my business card and thing. And uh, reverend, there's too many reverends. Oh, there's a lot of doctors too. Uh, that's not that impressive anymore. So you know what? I'm going to start a ministry and I'm going to call it the you know Independent Fundamental Baptist Fellowship. Ah, there's already a bunch of those, I guess. But you know, Fellowship of whatever. And you know what? Well, if I'm going to start that fellowship or I'm going to start that organization or association, well, you have to have a leader. And you know what? I will refer to myself as like the highest title in our land today. What is it? We don't have kings in America, do we? What do we have? Presidents. And you know how many pastors are out there that have like 14 different president titles for different things? Why do they do that? Lifting themselves up. Don't call me pastor. Don't call me doctor. President. 
Mr. President, we're, we're just short of that. It's coming though. It's, just, we're, we're, it's coming though. Before long, we're going to be coming, calling some pastors or evangelists Mr. President because they're president of whatever organization and people. It's just a human nature thing. We love those fancy titles. We love to look like a big shot. And you know what? That's fine out in the world. If you're, if you're out there, if you've got a business or something, you'll want to look legit, don't you? You'll want to look like you're successful, like you know what you're doing. Use the fancy title for that. Go for it. I don't think it's wrong. But in the church, okay, and for a pastor, when the Bible just calls you their brother, I think we ought to drop the fancy titles and just call ourselves who we are, brother. And right, and it said it you might think that's nitpicking, but it's what the Bible says. And you know, there's some verses that people will use and say, No, that's an exception. Pastor, it gets he gets a little extra boost. I mean, he's he's up there. Uh, you know, you all, you know, Reverend might not be pushing it. You know, we might even need something a little better. You know, Father, Lord, you know, some so we don't we don't do that in this religion very much. But here's the thing, here's some verses people will use and take out of context sometimes to try to lift up the pastor beyond where he's supposed to be. Look at First Timothy chapter five, verse seventeen. And I'm not trying to sound humble today, folks. I'm not trying to you know, look humble and I'm not trying to knock down the office. I I take the response I believe, you know, the office of a pastor is very important. I do think it is a sacred thing. But at the same time, as far as I go, alright, as far as Tommy McMurtry goes, I I can't find anything in the Bible to make me too special, alright? <laughs> to to lift me up too much. But first Timothy five seventeen says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the Scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Alright, now I believe that's talking about the pastor there. He's worthy of double honor. Alright? Double honor. Okay. So that means brother times brother. Well, that can equal doctor, father, Right? No. Double brother doesn't exactly equal father, does it? It doesn't quite do it. We can't take double something. That's, for example, if you double zero, what do you get? Well, you get zero. Okay? So if you take a privilege or a responsibility that God didn't give you and double it, you still have the exact same thing, don't you? And this part here that it's talking about with the double honor, this is talking about you know taking care of the pastor, and this is referring to you know paying a pastor. You ought to get you know give him double honor. So this is biblical for paying, but it has nothing to do with me getting an extra title that God didn't give me. It has nothing to do with adding on extra authority that God didn't give me. This is specifically referring in finances here. So that's another subject right there that we're not going to preach on, but. That double honor said if you double something that's not there, it still equals zero. And we're not supposed to be called father, so brother times brother still equals brother. And it doesn't, you know, it it that's not what it's talking about. But double honor here, it's referring to financial reward, and it's not referring to titles. So, and then also another verse that a lot of times can get misused. First uh, Peter chapter five. We looked at First Peter chapter five and verse one earlier. Let's go back there again. First Peter chapter five, because some might say, you know, "Brother Tommy, you stopped early 
And that one passage that you were reading before it gets to the good part, when it says, "...the elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also partaker of the glory that shall be revealed." Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, and not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, notice the capital S talking about Jesus, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, and then here's the good part, likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore into the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. So, right there. Submit yourself unto the elder. Alright? So, if I'm the elder, if I'm the pastor here, alright, you have to submit. Empty your wallets, folks. <laughs> Does it mean I can do that? Does this mean that I get to go into your homes and tell you all what to do and set up new rules. You know, I don't like what you're allowing on your television. Uh, I'm going to block those stations and only I get to know the passcode. You got to call Father Tommy if <laughs> if you want. Do I? Is that what this is talking about here? No, this here is talking about as far as the pastor goes and then the church goes. What's the job of the pastor? It's to feed God's flock. Okay, that's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. This is talking about specifically in the church. Right before it, it said we're not lords over God's heritage, but we're examples and samples to the flock. And so, when as far as church goes, and as far you know, you don't need to be coming and telling me what to preach. Okay, I'm supposed to listen to God in that. You know, you know, you're supposed to submit to the preaching. And if the preaching's from the Word of God, just like Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23, you ought to listen to it. If I'm up here and I'm preaching something, and if I give you chapter and verse on it, you should listen to it. You should submit to what I'm saying. Not just because I'm saying it, but because it comes from the Word of God. Notice how it's, uh, the, well, Hebrews 13.7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you. The rule over you. There we go. And have spoken unto you the word of God whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. So I have the rule over you, right? Verse 17, Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So right there, I've got the rule over you folks. You know what? I'm trading cars with some of y'all here. You know, <laughs> is that what that's talking about? Obviously not. Listen, and that that word "rule" there, the definition of it means middle voice of a strengthened form to lead. A good way to illustrate what a pastor is and submitting to the authority or the rule over the pastor. I think a great way to illustrate this is the same way you submit to a police officer. Now, a police officer is not a ruler, are they? A police officer is a law enforcement officer, right? A police officer, he cannot tell you to do something that's against the law, can he? He can't do it. He's supposed to. He just represents authority, but he himself, okay? You know, if if it's you know John Doe out there, Officer John Doe, he is not the authority, but he represents the authority. 
And if you're breaking the law, okay, if you're out there speeding by the laws of the state of Illinois, if you are speeding and you are seen by a law enforcement officer, he can pull you over and he can write you a ticket. And it's not John Doe that's writing you the ticket. It's it's you know you're not paying it to him. It's the law of Illinois, and he just represents that. But he can't just he can't just make up a law. You know what? You're driving 55 and a 55, but you know what? I've decided that I like 50 better. He can't do that. Okay. Now, do police sometimes misuse their authority? Absolutely. Okay. Police they can't just go shooting whoever they want. Sometimes they do. Uh, you know they can't. You know they're not a lot. You know a lot of just go beating you up. Sometimes they do. I mean, they a lot of times they there are ones out there that get out of line, and those guys ought to go to jail. And you know what? There's pastors out there that sometimes get out of line, and you know what? They ought to get in trouble for it. They ought to be held accountable for it. Just like a police officer that does not represent the law the way he's supposed to, just like he ought to get fired, just like he ought to go to jail, the same thing I think goes for a pastor. If he gets out of line, if I'm up here and I'm trying to tell you to do something that is not from God's Word, if I'm if I'm forcing you somehow, and there's guys out there I mean, that have a lot of control over their people. There are churches and religions that I mean they exercise control over their people like you wouldn't believe. And they're afraid to cross that pastor. They're afraid to leave that church because they know that they will get themselves in all kinds of trouble because that pastor, he's got a lot of control in that town. I know, I mean, in some of the Mormon areas, it's real bad. You don't dare leave the Mormon church. You might lose your job. You might, I mean, you'll get in all kinds of trouble. If you've got a Mormon landlord, you're probably going to get thrown out. I mean, it, they have a lot of control. And that's not the way it's supposed to work. God never gave that kind of authority to a pastor. The pastor is not the, he's not allowed to just come in your home and tell you whatever. I can't just, you know, I can go to my house and if I don't like something that's in my kids' room that they, I have the right as their father, I can go in there and I can start throwing stuff in the trash can. I have every right to do that. You know why? Because I'm their father. But when it comes to you all, I'm your brother. I can't go walking into your houses and throwing out everything I don't like. Now I'll get up here and I'll preach about it all day long. I'll get up here and I'll show what the Bible says about it all day long. And you know what? You ought to listen. But, not because it's me, because it comes from the Scripture. I'm just the middle man. I'm just the middle voice. I'm just up here telling you what God told me to tell you. I have no ability. I have no authority to do that. I just represent the authority. I'm just a mouthpiece for God. And whenever, and I tell you, we all hate when police officers get out of line and they overstep their bounds and they overstep their authority. And we ought to get upset when pastors do the same thing too. It's totally out of line. And listen, folks, God does not share His glory with anyone. He's not going to do that. I can't take something that is, it belongs to, accept something that belongs to God. I'm not, I can't accept worship. I can't accept that kind of praise. Cause listen, here's the thing too. I, I told, I'm laying it all out here for you folks. Maybe I shouldn't be exposing these kind of secrets, but, alright, this is, this is just Bible. I'm supposed to preach the whole council, okay? This guy's mouthpiece, but here, and I know this is gonna really deflate a lot of egos with pastors, but this is Bible. But a truly, God called man is foolish, he's weak, he's base, and despised. What are you talking about? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1. See, remember when I said people aren't that great? Hey, I wasn't just talking about church members. I was talking about the pastors too. We're not that great. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 21 says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, Listen to this. How that not many, uh, not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Okay? But look who God chooses. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world. And things which are despised had God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. I claim that God called me to be the pastor here at Liberty Baptist Church. If I'm telling you the truth, what does the Bible say about me? He is this God-ordained individual that you all should reverence and worship, and call doctor, and throw money at, and no, it says he chooses the foolish, and the weak, and the base, way down, and despised. What would be a good title for that? I don't want. I don't want. <laughs> instead of pastor, I'm going to put my business card: foolish, weak, base, despised, comic merchant. That would be more accurate than doctor. And Reverend, that would be more accurate. But boy, that sure isn't going to look real good on the business card, is it, folks? I mean, I'm not just trying to act humble today, folks. I struggle with arrogance just like anybody else. I think I'm great, you know, like anybody. You know, I struggle with that stuff. I mean, you know, I tell my kids, I'm, you know, Allie, she's starting to figure out I'm not Superman anymore. But you know, I'll be working on Lana pretty soon. And you know, I, but you know, and, but uh, yeah, I, I struggle with that stuff too. But this is what the Bible says. And you know, sometimes I thought I was a little better than that, but I do believe God called me here. So according to the Bible, that's what I am. And here's the thing, you know, God. You know what God thinks about people who take undeserved praise. We're not going to take time to look at it, but if you read Acts chapter twelve, verse twenty-one through twenty-five, King Herod came out and he began to speak to the people, and the people said, "He has the voice of a god." And you know what? He didn't correct them. He didn't shut them down. And you know what? He got eaten of worms. I don't want to go that way, folks. And Paul and, and then right after that, Paul and Barnabas, they were preaching. And the people there, they wanted to worship them. People, they want to lift men up and they want to make a big deal out of them. They want to worship them. People want to do that. You know, I'll get less people come to this church by talking this way than I would if I was making a big deal about myself. I don't know why that is. You'd think people would want to come hear the humble guy over the arrogant guy. But you know what? They flock to the people that lift themselves up. But I can't do that. It's not, it's, it's not in the job description. And Paul and Barnabas, they were preaching. They, they, wanted, they wanted to make, build altars to them. They were saying they were gods. 
The gods have come down from heaven, and you know what? They rent their clothes and they stopped them immediately. You know why? King Herod had just died from accepting that, and they didn't accept it from him. And you know what happened? Those you know what those people who wanted to worship them did when they refused to worship? They stoned them. And so people are crazy. They want to worship people. There's people that come in here. I mean, after after you hear me talk about how terrible I am, you might just want to leave. But you know what? People they respond to men who lift themselves up. That's crazy. It's not biblical, but it does work. But we're not going to do it around here. Not even Jesus gave himself fancy titles. Say, well, wait a minute. Jesus, he was called Master. He was called Lord. He was called. People called him all those things, and he accepted it. You know why? Because he was all those things. He, but he didn't bestow those titles on himself. Look at what he said to his disciples in John chapter fifteen, verse thirteen. It says, "Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends." Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I have commanded you. Henceforth, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made note unto you. You know what he said? He told him, So you're my friends. I'm laying it all out there for you. I'm sharing everything with you. You know what? I'd get better response maybe from some of you if I got up and said, Listen, as pastor, I have this hidden knowledge, I have this hidden extra information that I just can't share with you, folks. You can't handle it. I'm up here, you're down there. Listen, Jesus didn't even do that. He said, folks, I've laid it all out for you. You know why? Because you're my friends. And I'm laying it out for you. I exposed myself there in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. But you know what? You're my friends. You're my brothers and sisters. And so, if Jesus can do it, and Jesus did it, I think I can do it. And the truth is, if there's any extra title to be given, it needs to it will be given by God. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Because remember, Jesus, he didn't do, Jesus didn't give himself fancy titles. Not even Christ did that. And look at what the Bible says about that in Philippians 2, verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also in the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. You know what? Jesus didn't walk around wearing this white robe that made him stand out like he did in all the pictures. He looked like the rest of them, didn't he? He didn't wear the fancy garments. He didn't do none of that. He was made. He looked like a servant. He was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of a cross. The cross... Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus didn't even give Himself the fancy titles. He didn't exalt Himself. He lowered Himself. And as a result of that, God exalted Him. And unfortunately, amongst Christians today, and especially amongst preachers, we've got guys that are going around exalting themselves. And you know what ends up happening to those people? God brings them down. I don't want God to knock me down. 
And He will. If I put myself up on a pedestal, but if I will lower myself like Christ did, and you know, the truth is we don't have to, we can't lower ourselves much more anyway. He really lowered Himself. But when we do that, then God will exalt us in due time and in His way. And so in the meantime, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you folks here, I'm your brother, not your father. And don't treat me like your father. It might go to my head. <laughs> and I might get out of control and God's going to have to knock me down a peg or two. And I would rather that not happen. So you know what? In the meantime, call me brother. I'm your brother, not your father. So let's all stand.